This is 128 Bits, a podcast about the most influential period of video games, what is known as the sixth generation, the Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And this is another one of our special episodes where we're going to have an auction draft. So usually we talk about one standout game from the generation and go in depth about its backgrounds, what's our favorite and least favorite part. But today and for the next few episodes, we are we thought a great way to highlight how great this generation was, was to hold an auction draft. Um, so before I get into the rules, as always with all of our auctions, I welcome our co-hosts, Adrian and Joseph. Um, so how are you, Adrian? Doing all right. Uh, getting ready to... Uh... I was very big memories of being at looking at shelves at GameStop. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Joseph. How are you? Doing good. Yeah, this feel a lot better about this year than last year. That's for, the last episode that we did. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So our goal with these drafts is to curate the best five game experience across all one twenty eight bit consoles for a given year. Um, so yeah, assemble the best gaming experience possible. Define that as you will, um, and we're gonna do it through an auction draft. Meaning, whosoever turn it is gets to pick a game and have a starting bid. The other two can bid on it. At the end of a minute timer, whoever has the highest bid keeps the game on their roster. And we all have 1,000 bits to wager on the auction. Uh, bits are a uh, real currency on the blockchain. Um, if you want some bits, <laughs> send me $100 and you can have some. <laughs> um, but yeah, once the bidding starts, it's one minute per round. Once the round is complete, Whoever wins the game gives a little spiel about why exactly it's so great. And this year, this episode, we are going to talk about the year 2003. So a little bit about 2003. Uh, I don't know if you guys can remember. I have some pretty fond memories of 2003. It was a pretty good year for movies. Um, Return of the King was released and it swept the Oscars. Finding Nemo was also released. Pirates of the Caribbean was released, which was like a surprise hit. And Tom Cruise was the last samurai. Um, it wasn't all great movies, though. There was also the Matrix sequels. But the Animatrix came out also. X2 was pretty good. And Too Fast, Too Furious was released. And at that point, we didn't know it would be such a spanning cinematic universe. But uh, that was the first one that started. Um, Music-wise, 50 Cent's In the Club was number one on the charts. And Beyonce reached heights she's never reached since with Crazy and Love featuring Jay-Z. So yeah, I'm going to go there. I know the Beyonce circle and the 128 Bits listener circle is, like the Venn diagram is pretty much one circle. So uh, come at me. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Apple iTunes launched. So your chances are you're probably listening to this on something that shot off of iTunes. But yeah. Um, it wasn't all great, though. In general news, Colin Powell told the UN about aluminum tubes and the war in Iraq started up again. Uh, the space shuttle Columbia blew up. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember seeing that in like my chemistry class. And the Concorde flew for the last time. Uh, and we've never flown uh, commercial supersonic since. So, yeah, that's pretty much 2003 in, um, I think, yeah, 2003 in summary. Um, and a personal great memory of mine is that Krispy Kreme Donuts opened in El Paso, <laughs> Texas in 2003. And I had some for the first time in line for Matrix Reloaded as I skipped school to go see it. <laughs> so that's yeah, probably yeah, some, uh, some, some highs and some lows. What can we say? <laughs> yep. So, all right. Ready, guys? Let's get into this auction. I've uh, had 
a randomizer give us the order. We're not going to do a snake draft. We're just going to go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, uh, four, five rounds. And the order is Joseph will go first, then Adrian, and then myself. Um, so all good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joseph, why don't you start us off as I get this timer ready? Go. Uh, this news of the cryptocurrency kind of throws my my whole draft off because last <laughs> time I had a whole lot left over and this time I wasn't planning to. Uh, and I also am not sure who I want to incite conflict with. It's going to be one of the two of you from one of my first picks. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with the one I should probably be number one and that's Wind Waker. Oh, I knew it. Uh, of course you did. Uh, I feel like I don't have any competition from Adrian on this. Uh, uh We'll go pricing it at four hundred. Achiwama! Wow. Oh, I am gonna go with five hundred. <laughs> That's half. Half of all my That's... monies. So, so when this was announced, were you all uh, along with it, or or did you uh, side with the ed- edge lords and say this is not my? I played it, but I wasn't as into it as I was because it came out with Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, but we're still bidding. I will go 530. Oh, man. I will go. I feel f- like I got a lot of garbage I can p- do the rest of my draft with. I will go 550. This is, this is the- oh, man. 560. <laughs> this, is, this is the game. This is the game for this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 560. Oh man, that is more than half of my monies. Uh, there's a lot of rod games in here too. Satoshi's right, in I feel t- like I can beat you on another one. I'm I can't go higher than that. There's Oh uh, wait, you're my main competition for some of the other ones I want too. <laughs> which actually would put me at a disadvantage if I give away all my money here. What you what's it at? 560? 560. Ugh. You got 23 seconds. Let's see. Legend of Zelda, man. You got 15 seconds. 565. I I can't in good conscience go any higher than 565. So, yeah, I think I'm going to let you have this one. Adrian, you're not going to step in here and come in with uh, 800? Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I'll let the Nintendoites go at it. All right, Joe, you got it for more than half of the allotted funds. Yeah, um, there's no so, way I'm having anything left over after this draft. <laughs> now it leaves you 435. Uh, so, yeah, tell us about Wind Waker and uh, why it was uh, so highly rated in, in your book and in mine. So, yeah, go for it. I think it just needs to be number one to atone for all the bullshit that this game has had to go through, how good it is, how fun it is. Like, it's just a thoroughly good time uh last time i also made a point to go for a lot of games that had um some miles to them and Mm. if just between the triforce alone i probably have 100 gaming hours in this one yeah (laughs) the 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 one at the end of the the game when you're trying to collect everything um it's just super fun i like the way that it incorporates the music like the look really did it a disservice but mostly because of the generation that we were in the x X games attitude era like it was not not the right place right right time for it and yeah yeah 
you know, to go back to Adrian's question, I was I was all in. I was all in on, <laughs> on Zelda with a C. Um, and one of my fondest memories if, is writing a super long, like, forum post on the GamePro uh, Games and Technology uh, forums about um, just how, like, the genius of Miyamoto or, and, and Aonuma for going with the cell shading because <laughs> it would always look the same way. And I went in depth comparing the animation style of Wind Waker to the animation style of Studio Ghibli. And I straight up probably wrote maybe like 5,000 words on the subject. And I put post and immediately the post got buried to like the second page of the forum <laughs> and nobody interacted with it. Uh, so yeah, it's a great memory. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really good game. It's a, it's a fun memory. And it kind of brings back, like you said, Joe, that whole concept of like the console wars, like this is one of those games where legitimately it defined the GameCube in the greater pop culture realm as something that on the surface appeared childish, but if you played it, it was, um, it was like a really mature, really good game. And I'm going to spoil it, but in the ending, Little Toon Link stabs Ganon in the forehead with a sword. And that is intense. And no other Link has ever done that. So, yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's a great game. Honestly, it's, I would, yeah. I, as you can see, I right away would shot up to 500 uh, because it's one of the, I would say it's one of the best Zeldas um, and it's one of the best games on the GameCube, period. It's just yeah. a fantastic game. So I'm kind of jealous that you got it. <laughs> Little did you know that they would be remaking Ocarina of Time for every single generation. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better than Ocarina, but that may be a blasphemy. Yeah, to the like Zelda. that post you were talking about with the art style last standing <laughs> this test of time. Uh, maybe it's out. I, I've looked for it in the Internet Archive and it is not there, but um, it's probably in one of my old internal hard drives. I should I should find it. All right. Yeah, Rod, your 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 favorite four fat chicks review site it says it's elegant enchanting engrossing beautifully stylized perfectly polished a game work of art a masterpiece are you sure you didn't write that i i, I might have <laughs> in your in your tldr version i know i post asked this before is it f-o-u-r fat chicks or yes. f-o-r fat chicks f-o-u-r okay N numeral yeah there's yeah. four of them <laughs> no yeah it was I wrote many things about this game. I, I spoke about the how great cell cell shading is. I think I think I remember using the phrase "eliminates bump mapping from any conversation." Or something <laughs> like that. Wow! Yeah. Uh, all right. So go for it, Adrian. Your first round pick. Uh, I'll take the other side of uh, Joe's quarrel. Damn it! Um, and go with the. Uh, uh, best rpg on uh the xbox that came out that year or uh for the entire run of the xbox and that's star wars knights of the old republic by bioware yeah and yeah. i'll start at 300 huh so this is the proto mass effect right <laughs> yeah um I, a, a game whose impact on Star Wars is still being felt today. I I'll like go this game. But... 350. Oh, wow. 350. 
350 Adrian. That's, how much did he buy Wind Waker for? 565. So he has 435 left. Okay. Uh, 400. Oh. <laughs> 400, Joe. This is a Star War. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Star War. I mean, it's capital A, a Star War. Um... How much garbage do I have in my garbage pile over here? Mary, you got to have enough to have a bid every yeah. round. I think that uh, that's what I'm saying. I think I can get some for like one bit because you guys aren't even going to have these on your radar because they're, they're trashed. You As you seconds. saw from our last draft, I'm a trash connoisseur. Um, 450. No, you only have 435. So. No. I you Wait, can't. okay, then I'm doing my math wrong. Hold on, sorry. Then 430. <laughs> All right, 430. It's it's going to be, uh, he's going to be having uh, Wind Waker, KOTOR, and then like, and WWE. Uh... <laughs> I can live with that with these two. I got to make up for not having this one and not appreciating one. This is the draft of atonements for me. Uh, 430. I don't think you, you can't go any higher, Joe. <laughs> sure, I can. You need to have at least what? If you get this one, you got to have at least $3 left. I can bid one, one bit every round. Uh, I'll just go 435 Oof. Yeah, all right. Dang. <laughs> you guys are starting off really big. Uh, uh, Rod, you want a piece of this? I, I I do not. I, I I am a fan of a Star War, but uh, not this one. Not that not that much. Uh, I was up there arguing about uh, Wind Waker, and I didn't have an Xbox at this time, so it's not that big <laughs> in me. Um, all right, so Adrian, you got it for four thirty-five. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. So. Uh... I think we covered this on a previous 128 bits before, but I think the um, the massive thing about this game is the context of it. Uh, two uh, prequels had just come out, and if the, the general feeling of the culture is uh, this isn't what I imagined it to be. Mm. One of them being the worst movies of all of the series, <laughs> right? And uh, the then Kotor came out, and not only did it provide us like the 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 trappings that we were wanting of hey we're on uh, this desert planet hey I'm a Jedi those fantasy uh, kind of realizations, but also providing a narrative that would would grab uh, audiences gamers. Uh, to the point that I think it even resonates now in the in the new Star Wars canon. Yeah. That uh, there's always like the the look up to Lucasfilm. When are when is there going to be a Kotar game? A a game so nice they're remaking it twice. Uh, <laughs> they're remaking it, and it'll be probably the game that I get a PS5 for. Oh. And yeah, that's uh, still what I'm justifying my purchase of a PS5 for two <laughs> years later. Yeah, uh, it. 
I, and the, the there's a reveal uh, maybe two thirds into the way that and for console players, all these mechanics are relatively new. Like the, their bits and pieces have existed on PC beforehand, but having the uh, your choices reflected into your relationships with the characters around you was absolutely new uh, in the console space. Mm. And for uh, little Adrian to, to interact with. But at the two-thirds mark, when you realize that uh, you yourself have been the antagonist uh, who's been kind of converted by the Jedi Order... It was a revelatory kind of uh, pivot uh, in terms of the story to the point that I don't think a if if th- this game is adapted into a film, I don't think people are able to keep that as a secret anymore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think uh, it, one of the things that Knights of the Old Republic did is really highlight how bad at their jobs the Jedi can be. <laughs> Uh, which I think was a great service for the greater Star Wars community. Yeah, it is, we we make more problems than we solve. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, it's become more canon and re- uh, relevant every single day. Like the Hammerhead Corvettes and Rebels and Rogue One mm-hmm. that came out here first. HK droids are now all over Mandalorian. Supposedly, Darth Revan's starting to show up in the High Republic stuff. So, yeah, I really wanted this one. <laughs> I can tell, Joe. You, you, you almost <laughs> went all in second round. Well, first round, you wouldn't even have made it to the rest. Um, <laughs> but all right, uh, my turn. And Adrian, I got to say, you, you got the wrong Star Wars, man. Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike was right there, right, right <laughs> next to it. Um, so I have a couple of choices now. Obviously, my 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 first choice was The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which Joe took from me. Um, was that going to be your first? That was going to be my first. Right. Uh, but I, I have other choices here. And um, again, I want to curate a good gaming experience for everyone. Unfortunately, there is no Katamari Damacy released in 2003. <laughs> what about uh, Ace Combat? There is not an Ace Combat released in 2003. There's definitely oh, like Ace Combat, like yeah. There's uh, Ace Combat copies. approximations. Yeah, uh, but nothing, nothing like the real deal. Um, so this may come as a surprise to to you guys, but it definitely not as a surprise to me because I played this game a lot during this time, um, and it's it provides one of the fondest memories, pl- like playing games that I have from this era, and it's gonna be. NBA Street Volume 2. <laughs> and I will start the bidding at 200 bits. 250. I will go to 285. Um, 285, NBA Street Volume 2. 300. 300. <sighs> Same reason I played the hell out of this game. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of other good games I can have here. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have cool. NBA Street for 300. Unless Adrian, you you want to get in on this? No, I I take it to the real court, not to the street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, 
you NBA Street Volume Two is yours. Why don't you tell us a little bit about about your memories, everything shaping up exactly like I wanted it in this case. <laughs> Other than Kotar, uh, that one was was a whole a pipe dream. I knew with Adrian being on here, uh, but yeah, like you were saying, I just played this game so much. Never. Uh, since or to up to this point was I as into basketball as I was just because of this game. Mm. Same thing that MVP did, except like Street stopped making games and the show came out. So I kept following basketball or baseball. Yeah, um, yeah I just enjoyed it really. I don't know, like the way that the controller felt and I played it most on GameCube. It just was so fluid and fun to play when you could pull off stuff and like stuff that you'd never done before actually felt super fun. Um, yeah. Going through the whole story on it and like steamrolling all these teams in different uh, regions was cool. The soundtrack was amazing. It was just probably, probably the game that I put the most time into in this generation. Yeah. I think this game, either this or a Tony Hawk game was, was definitely the ones that I played the most. (laughs) I think this game uh, brought, uh, they reminisce over you to a whole new era yeah. of people because that was like the title <laughs> song and you'd hear it every time right before you press start. The graphics were amazing. They were like NBA Street Volume 1 had like the the technically the graphics aren't that much of a jump from Volume 1 to Volume 2. But style wise, they're a lot better in Volume 2. You have like actual fashion. You have a little bit more of like a graffiti style, but it's based like in this 70s view. Um, It's super cool, Um, like a super cool looking game, a super cool feeling game. Like you said, the controls were just effortless. Even with the crappy little C-stick joystick on the GameCube, it was, you could control it perfectly. Um, And it really made you feel, it was one of those games that rewarded you for putting time into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you couldn't really just button mash your way to do cool stuff. Uh, You kind of had to get in the flow and rhythm of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, because you'd start losing points if you kept repeating stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it it encouraged innovation. You had to have the wealth of stuff and had to vary up what you were doing all the time. Yeah, it's super cool. I don't know why there hasn't been one like it. Uh, NBA 2K has the My Park mode or whatever, which is close, but it's not. It's not anywhere near NBA Street. So yeah, most sports games are just too complicated to like pick up and play like this. Not, not that you could like you're saying like pick up and play this one, but like yeah, to to really dig into for me these days, I guess. Yeah, I've had a lot of time here. I probably should have gone out more in high school. <laughs> uh, however, however, like. I guarantee you, you went out more than me, Joe. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the year where I, I'm looking at the list. Like, that was definitely a Friday night. <laughs> me and a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Bottle of Code Red and <laughs> my mixtape. All right, so that concludes round one of our draft. Uh, Joseph already has two games and only 135 bits left. Exact <laughs> <He has laughs> opposite of last two. <laughs> he has Wind Waker and NBA Street Volume 2. Um, Adrian has 565 bits left, and he has picked up Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I got my whole bank and no games. <laughs> um, are are you sure you're not wanting to snake it until you get another pick? Uh, nah, I'm fine with it. Trust me. I, I'm pretty sure my game will be there my next couple of games so um all right joe take us into round two uh i feel like there's enough that i can get away with some like i said i got a lot of garbage um hold on here how much do i have right now 135 and you got you got to get three more games yeah 
I will put amplitude up for 30 bits. Ah. Amplitude for 30. I will go 100. For amplitude. Oh, yeah. Amplitude. Man, that's not even frequency, Rod. Come on. <laughs> hey, amplitude had POD, man. You're forgetting that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also had Rock Show. I. So is this Harmonic's second game? Yeah, it's the second yeah. one. I can't go 100 for amplitude with the way that this is shaking out. So, yeah, it's yours. All right. So I got, I'm on the board, baby. <laughs> Amplitude was the second game released by Harmonix. It's essentially Guitar Hero, um, except you play all of the instruments on every song. Um, but it's the same thing. You have a, a like a track coming down with buttons that you got to press. It's only three, like three buttons on each track. And you build the song. And it was really cool. It's really fun to get into. Um, as opposed to Frequency, which was the first one, Amplitude had more mainstream songs like rock show from blink 182 and i think it had youth of the nation by pod and <laughs> some other weird songs but it was just it Papa was just a Roach fun was game on here garbage that uh like electronic garbage not even good garbage <laughs> it was a fun game and i think like i said it, it's it was the proto guitar hero so it kind of set the stage where guitar hero is essentially amplitude but with a gimmick controller uh, but everything else is there I would say Amplitude is better than Guitar Hero because you built the entire song. Like you go totally. track to track and you build every instrument. And by the end, you ha you felt like you actually assembled a whole song. Because you could do it how you wanted to, too. Yeah. You could do it in the order you wanted to. And so you're kind of making your own remixes out of like actual tracks that are in here. That was so fun. Um, yeah. I probably should have gone higher on it, but this is setting the stage for me to spend 600 bits on frequency. So, <laughs> so there you go. Amplitude <laughs> is off the board and I have a pick. All right. Adrian, your second round. Um, second round, taking a look at it and given what's already been taken, I'll be remiss not to go with the sophomore swing of Rockstar North. Oh. And try for Vice City. Oh. At 300 bits. So Vice, you didn't go for San Andreas last time, but you're going for Vice City. Yeah. So I think for that, um, GTA 3 was kind of like a, when it came out, it was a surprise to everybody just because it was a franchise that no one really like I had played the previous GTAs, but uh, three was such a departure and just something completely novel in its mechanics and the way it presented it to the player. Uh, and there was a really big hype for Vice City. Yeah. I feel it's like the eighties and recall like that TV commercial using a flock of seagulls. And like the EGM triple issue that came out <laughs> with the review of the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I remember friends taking, when that game came out, uh, taking the day off and then having people over to see. <laughs> All right. So 300. Joe, you're going to get in on No, you can't get in on I this. I can't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting in on this. I already got my GTA in 2004. 
it was San Andreas. The one thing that I do appreciate about Vice City, and maybe this is still true, it's the brightest Grand Theft Auto that's ever been released, right? Everything was neon and pink, and it just felt a lot more... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Grand Theft Auto V kind of isn't, isn't totally dark and muddy and cloudy, but Vice City was really cool. I also remember, I think it was the first GTA where you could ride motorcycles, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a good yeah. thing. And uh, again, it's the all i think a lot of the ps2 or the 128-bit era rockstar games they're just playing the hits in terms of like the cultural touchstones so this is very much like miami vice and the huge scarface vibes um but the the soundtrack it was definitely it was definitely rockstar saying like oh we made a killing on three we can afford <laughs> licensed music we can afford these needle drops yeah. let's let's go ahead and do it yeah i remember the soundtrack being like a big deal and i remember seeing like a box cd set at like fye of the vice city soundtrack um and because they had actual outs. licensed music <laughs> shout outs and rap to fye <laughs> <laughs> so good uh good, uh, good choice adrian you are Building up a good collection here. Yeah, so. better, better of the GTA picks so far. I, I agree. Ooh, really? All right. Well, my turn, second round. Uh, I got plenty of games here. Uh, I already got Amplitude. And for my second pick, so I think in what I've noticed, at least in, in, in this year, at least for the games that I have, are games that really reward you for achieving a sort of flow state uh, while you're playing cool. them. Um, and it, it's I, like, I hear that can get a little tricky. <laughs> so I don't think it's something else. It can, uh, it's just, uh, like where you can really focus and it, games that reward you for putting the time in when it gets to the point where they become more instinctual than anything else. And I don't think any other game of this generation, maybe one other game exemplifies this, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to go with this one for my second pick. I am going to go with Ikaruga. I knew it for the GameCube. And See, I, was... I had that on my list, but <laughs> it came out on the PS2 the year prior. It came out on the Dreamcast even before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm putting it on uh, the GameCube 2003. Yeah, we're the GameCube. <laughs> so I yeah. knew that Rod was going to have this one on. And I'm going to start the bidding at 200. I can't even fucking bid. <laughs> 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 so it's yours. Adrian, are you, you going to get it on this? I had it on my list and I took it off thinking, like, ah, I don't know. I, we should have uh, gotten clarification on the ground rules on that if, if ports uh, from console to console uh qualify yeah because there's a game this year that would uh let all of us pick it if that were the case which was which would be what soul caliber oh yeah. well Adrian, uh, I, i'm gonna let you in on this i said at 200 if you if, if you want it you you can bid i'm not gonna bid all right 200 um so yeah, Ikaruga is a shoot-'em-up developed by Treasure, which is the king of shoot-'em-ups. They also developed Gradius V, which I got for the for the 2004 draft. Um, but it it's a bullet hell type of game. It's like a vertical vertical screen. You have a spaceship that can you can change colors or polarity between white and black. When you're white, you absorb the white bullets. They don't kill you. When you're black, you absorb the black bullets. They don't kill you. And 
enemies are either black or white also, which means they can only be damaged by those bullets. It's a simple mechanic, but the execution on it is just incredible. It's a grueling game. It requires an insane amount of focus. And it, it also kind of has a rhythm to it that it's one, it's a it's a very rewarding game that um, you got to put the hours in to get good at. And I don't know why at this point I got I put the hours in. And like I said, it was always the best when you could achieve a sort of flow state. They even made like a statement of it uh, about that being a thing. And the other great memory that I have is the cover art for Ikaruga GameCube edition released in the United States where um, it had a quote from IGN that said, quote, our frothing demand for this game increases, end quote, which I have no idea why it would, anyone would ever speak that way. But um, yeah, Ikaruga, fantastic game. I think it's available on like Steam or like Virtual Console. If yeah. you haven't played How, it. Um, have we not done an individual episode on this one yet? <laughs> Between me and you. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's in the next season coming up. <laughs> Some of my favorite memories are co-oping this game with you. Yeah, it's a fun game. That's another thing too. You could co-op it. Um, and it's it's like Adrian said, it has that pivotal Dreamcast to GameCube relationship that I that I love. Um so yeah, that's two rounds. Um Joseph, you have Wind Waker, NBA Street Volume 2, Adrian, Knights of the Old Republic, Vice City. I have Amplitude and Ikaruga. So start us off. Round three, Joseph. You have Where 135 bits. Oh, you have 135. Adrian has 265, and I have 700. Wow. Damn. 700 crush for a man. Crush, crush Hour. Yeah, crush Hour is going to get <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of. Rod's just going to price everything. Just of... snatch them from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, since it's been a draft of atonements, I hope that there's enough other meat in here that you guys want, and I can get it here. Uh, need for Speed. At... How many do I have right now? Three? 135. No, how many games oh, do I have? You have two. two. Uh, you can have it at 100. One... All right, 100. Ah, I gotta admit, Joe, Need for Speed Underground is a great game. Not as good as two. Don't put a bit in. <laughs> it is a foundational <laughs> game in my cart collection. <laughs> it's it's really good. I'm I'm con- I'm weighing the options here, looking at the rest of my list. There's one game I want for sure. Adrian, are you gonna get in on this? I'm thinking about it. Uh I'm not gonna get in. Uh, so it's it's at 100. Adrian, it's up to you. You got 40 seconds. Do I have the need for speed? <laughs> I think this game was perfect because, like I said, Too Fast, Too Furious had come out this year also. But like, no, hit. you didn't hit. tell us that, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it hit right at the same. Like at a I want to say no. <laughs> Pay us for me. All right, Joe, it is yours for 100 bits. Sweet. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Need for Speed Underground. Yeah, I mean, just like I kind of touched on last time, it's the first game that really made me feel like I was going fast. It's probably most responsible for all my reckless driving now and a lot of my stress <laughs> driving around these Denver streets with all these slow drivers. Um, but yeah, it was just so fun and like everything. I think all of it happens at night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it just looks cool. The cars in it were like right up my alley because this was the only time that I ever have really been into cars. And it was right around the time of Fast and the Furious when every teenage kid 
mostly was that I know of anyway. It had like the 350Z and the Supra and cars that are like cars that I still gravitate towards right now. Yeah. Um, the customization on it was super cool and it was just so fun. Like the soundtrack on it, since I played, this was another game that I put hours into. And so the soundtrack really sticks with me too. Like I just have a lot of me- really fun memories playing this game. Yeah, it's a great game. I remember the underglow on the cars, which yeah. is something that I think was the first game that had that. I was just like, oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> as opposed to other Need for Speeds, it's one where customization really was a central point that I think all other ones adopted after that. Yeah. Uh, because that's, it, like, that's had, what the culture was, right? Yeah, and so like the like also just the different races and stuff that it had, like types of races too, is really what I think kept me more into it than any other racing game up to this point. Like... Gran Turismo and all those I liked, they all looked great, but it was just racing. And so like this one had like sprints and like drifts and stuff like that. And so it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you guys. Every game that has drifting, that is the worst mode. I, (laughs) the most that I suck at the most, like even Forza Horizon, I'm playing like countless hours in it and I suck at drifting and it started here with underground, but uh, good, good pick Joe. Um, Adrian, what is your third round pick? I'm going to get my fourth pick and bring it up to number three. Oh, um, and uh, let me vamp a little bit as I look up exactly what I want to say. It's going to be Kirby's Air Ride. <laughs> it's a game that when it came out on the platforms, it really transcended history in the world. <laughs> and it's a, a tale of souls and swords. You know, eternally retold. It's eternally retold. I don't know that much. <laughs> I and uh, this game was pretty much like the progenitor of the platform exclusive mm. um, for a multi-platform game, where if you get it on one platform, you get this extra versus getting that completely different extra on another game, and that is Soul Calibur Two. I, can we talk a little bit? Oh, wait. What are you going to set your bidding at? Uh, I'm going to bid 125 Oh, man. I got to go 150 <laughs> immediately. <laughs> can I pull from my credit of last draft? <laughs> <from last laughs> I think I still no. got 300 left over. Unfortunately, bits are fungible. <laughs> <laughs> it's at 150 Adrian. You got 265 175. Uh, I played this game a lot. I really did. And the GameCube version is the best version. Yeah. But. No, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have it for 175. 175. Lock it in. All right. All right. Um, I played the inferior spawn version, <laughs> uh, and I would look over to the rival PS2 platform and say, uh, he actually doesn't even have swords. That's <laughs> BS. Uh, this is of course the follow-up to the best game on the Dreamcast. Mm, uh, come at me on that. Uh, and, uh, this time... Uh, Namco put it on every platform yeah. and made deals with everybody. And since uh, Xbox had a, an identity crisis, 
a bit. They uh, reached out to Todd McFarlane and he said, yeah, I'll take a paycheck. They knew the era, the attitude era, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this, I mean, it was just coming off maybe, they were maybe four years too late for me being like super into Spawn. Like mm-hmm. going to major players in El Paso, Texas to get the <laughs> the, 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 the issue that month. Um, but it expanded on its roster. It expanded on the uh, the weapon master mode, and again on GameCube, it became like this was part of the one-two hit of Link on that yeah. platform. Yeah, 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 big time, yeah. big time. And, and, I th- and I think the GameCube version sold like double the copies of the PS2 and Xbox combined. It was just like crazy. Yeah, and I don't think Soul Calibur has peaked since one and two. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Because I mean, there's, there's like, I think the fifth or sixth one came out two years ago, and nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Witcher fan, and I, uh, I downloaded it on Game Pass one time, and played a few games and put it down, and that was it. Mm. Yeah, Weapon Master mode was the difference. Big time, yeah. It was it was it was a really fun game. It had really cool characters, aside from the console exclusives, like really great design. The levels were super cool, and uh, I would agree with you. I don't think Soul Calibur has reached the same heights since. So. My one gripe: I'm a main Asroth main, <laughs> the, the big dude with the axe, and his main costume is are is bad. I, I hated it. <laughs> Well, I, I I gotta be honest with you, Adrian. I'm I'm happy you're not an Ivy main, which is uh... no, no, that yeah. <laughs> All right, my, my turn. Uh, my search history, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great pick, solid pick. Again, I kind of wanted it, but I can live I can live without it because there's a couple of ways I can go here. But you know, I'm gonna go with a title that. <clears throat> to me at least, was a surprise. And it was a revival of a long defunct franchise from the days of old. Uh, and it really set, I think, a great, a, 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 like a best-selling franchise now stands on the shoulders of this exact game. And it really revived a sleeping giant in the industry. And that game is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time by ubisoft also released on all three uh, action title game time travel really cool intro really cool storytelling and i am going to start the bidding at considering you guys have 35 and 90 <laughs> i am going to start it at i want to see if you guys want in on this i'm gonna start it at 60 adrian Of the two uh, Ubisoft Montreal games, this is not the one that I had on my list. Ah, I knew it. I knew it was going to be the other one. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the Sands of Time for sixty, which is a bargain if uh, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. Um, but yeah, like I said, Sands of Time was this revival of Prince of Persia, which at by this point was an almost forgotten franchise. Um, but it introduced a really cool concept of time travel. You could rewind your actions and come back, which is now what 
every racing game does, except this was an action game. And the motions, the controls were so, so, so fluid. Essentially, the Prince of Persia was what Tomb Raider should have been at this time. Um, it was a fantastic game. It took advantage of its setting in a great way. Like the art direction was amazing. The music was great. The battle was smooth. The time travel component was really, really cool. And without Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, we do not have Assassin's Creed. It's that simple. Um, because yeah, every everything, you can, you can see the DNA of Assassin's Creed here. And uh, there was a couple more Prince of Persia's which went a little grittier, but this one was just perfect in every way, from the art direction to the gameplay, the combat, everything was super cool. Again, this one I think is also out on Steam. Um, so if you haven't played it, you should really play it. Did you guys play this game? Once or twice. I was never really that into it. You weren't really into it? Yeah, you probably could have had it for like 30. Mm. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> The reason it feels like it inspired like the future Assassin's Creed is because the same director, yeah, um, Patrice Desiers, is on it. Uh, and you know, I, if I make a bid on that, on on the other game, that's the studio uh, Ubisoft Montreal has had a long tail of of changing the industry, uh, starting from two thousand three. Yeah, I think 2003 was a great year for Ubisoft. They were, I think at this point, it was just like, ooh, someone can rival and produce AAA titles across multi-platforms that's not, you know, Rockstar or, or Take-Two Interactive at that time, right? Which is, uh, which is exciting. Sadly, Ubisoft is now... Um, garbage <laughs> uh, but at this point it was it was just like oh snap they're back they're great awesome they're, they got all these french canadian people working on crap and it's amazing so yeah it was a good time for ubisoft and uh i eclipse. i think i know which one you're gonna go with adrian star but... wars eclipse is gonna be the ubisoft revival <laughs> we'll see man. <laughs> i have no faith in ubisoft right now nope. um so that concludes round three after three rounds, Joseph has 35 bits, Adrian 90 bits, and I have 640 bits. Um, Joseph has Wind Waker, NBA Street Volume 2, and Need for Speed Underground. Adrian has Knights of the Old Republic, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Soul Calibur 2. And I have Amplitude, Ikaruga, and Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Uh, so to open up round four, Joseph. All right, so I have a feeling that you guys have ways that you want to go with. So this might be just the bargain of the draft because nobody really wants it. Um, 30 bits for... Actually, let's go 34 bits for uh, SSX3. Uh, oh, SSX3? So you're going to go with two EA big titles in your collection. Hey, big for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> for 30, how many did you say? 34? Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you have it. Uh, Adrian, you, you want you want in on this? I have it at my number seven. Ah. So you, you could get in on this. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, tell us about SSX3, uh, Joseph. Well, I only have one more big, 
bid left. So it was either this one or uh, it was another atonement for Beyond Good and Evil, which was the only other game that I would have wanted an Xbox for at the time. Mm. Uh, but this was another game that I put a, lo- a ton of time into. Uh, another soundtrack that I loved. And yeah, it was just super fun. Like, it's the reason that I um, enjoy playing a lot. It's part of the reason that I enjoy playing a lot of these games that you can just play like runs and get a few of in and then just kind of put them down still. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just game really right up my alley at this time. As you see, I have three of them on my list already <laughs> that are in this vein. Uh, yeah, it was just super fun. I, I enjoyed it. If not for the SSX on Wii, I would say this is the worst SSX in existence. <laughs> because SSX one is great. Tricky was amazing. Tricky was the best. Yeah. yeah. And three kind of like, they try to do like the open world thing, big mountain. It was cool, but it wasn't. I was. It's the most disappointing. It's it was so inferior good. to uh, what was the Xbox one? Well, there was one on the GameCube called 1080. Nah, 1080 wasn't better than it. Though. No, it wasn't. It was a disappointing year for snowboarding games. Around, <laughs> I think. But, um, no, there was an Xbox one. I don't know if it was this one or 360, but there was a, a different Xbox uh, franchise snowboarding one that came out and did the Big Mountain one way better than this. You one. Talk about but, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. The, I just enjoyed this one. I like I know that it, they kind of did it differently, but I, I I like that actually. All right, Adrian, did you ever play SSX three? Uh, not three. Okay. All right. So you got one bit, Joseph. So yeah. let's hope that you can get the last. No, I don't. You, I, you guys aren't gonna get my last. You nobody wants my last one. Nobody wanted it when it came out. <laughs> All right, Adrian. Making a compelling case that your five <laughs> games are the five best on the rosters hey mine got replayability is what i'm going for on this i'm split between a couple of them especially thinking of what i want my fifth pick to be something very personal and close so that means that the number four slot is very contentious Mm. um but in the spirit of creating like the best list of that year I think it behooves me to then say Ubisoft Montreal's Splinter Cell. Ah, I knew it. I knew you were <laughs> going to pick this one. Um, yeah, great uh, year. I'll go for uh, 50. Splinter Cell is on my list. Was this exclusive? Yeah, it was mm, exclusive. Yeah. Okay. It was a great game. Sam Fisher, Old Man Spy. <laughs> like, I was like, why wasn't this one on my list? Yeah, I was just not an Xbox kid. I didn't have one until the 360. Yeah. Old Man Spying. More serious Solid Snake. Um, the iconic Night Vision gun. That was night definitely vision. the context. Like, Solid Snake was primarily a PlayStation brand. Yeah. Then Ubisoft Montreal comes out with... Uh, it came out on PS2 in 2003. Eventually, yeah. yeah, eventually, but it was originally uh, Xbox One, right? It's like, yeah, let's have light-based stealth. Yeah, no, no vision cones. If you're in the dark, you're invisible to to everybody. Mm-hmm. So you said 40 bits. Uh, 50. 50 bits. I'm gonna let you have it. It's yours. Old man Sam Fisher, whatever his name is. Tom Clancy's buddy. He's yours. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. Uh, yeah, so 
again, as kind of we were talking about Ubisoft Montreal, uh, Splinter Cell was game directed by Clint Hawking, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who would then also uh, revolutionize um, a, a style of first person shooter in 2008 in Far Cry 2. Mm. Uh, and uh, he's now working on uh, the uh, new Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is essentially going to be like the destiny of Assassin's Creed, where like it's going to be the platform for everything else. Mm. But uh, again, the uh, this is, I think, probably the third Ubisoft game that they are utilizing the Tom Clancy brand. So yeah. Tom Clancy, again, being this military espionage author who uh, s- sold his name to the devil, uh, that they are now putting his name was on everything. <laughs> uh, but back then, it meant something. It meant that th- your the narrative that you're going to be playing is grounded there's no nano machines it's just <laughs> like uh near future tech yeah and playing it on on xbox was absolutely something novel again uh solid snake had uh been a, a mainstay for playstation and now this was something a little bit more serious uh, i would suppose mm. um and uh it was it was just a big bit of fresh air yeah uh you're able to again kind of like uh the immersion immersive sims and metal gear you can either kill everybody or let everyone go um and i was very much uh play it until the last moment and then kill somebody kill somebody and then regret it <laughs> yeah i played it years later and that was one of the things that i didn't like about it the the realness of it <laughs> uh just like uh, this uh, this is very stressful <laughs> um but yeah definitely a, a killer game for the xbox and one that made people want to get an xbox and just highlighted the difference of xbox or in terms of the culture even though it eventually got released on ps2 but in my mind, it's always an Xbox game. Um, so, brings me to me on my fourth round pick. And there's still a lot of games on my list that I'm yeah, surprised same. are still here. And it kind of hurts. Now it's hurtful because I know I can have these because I can outbid <laughs> you all. You can't take them from me. So now it's a matter of my choice of what I really want. And I, I feel kind of bad leaving some of these games out. Uh My fifth pick I know will be there, and it's a pick that is exclusively for me and for uh, alternate timelines of me. Uh, but there's a lot of games that I want. I would be. I. I don't think I. I would. I don't think I could forgive myself if I leave this game out, especially because I can get it, and that is. Oh, I can't do it. Hold on, hold on. Uh... Screw it, screw it, screw it, screw it. All right. There's no way you can talk about video games in 2003 without talking about this game. Um, it's 
it's in a long franchise of fantastic games that are always good on every platform they've ever, they've ever been on. And this iteration of it was no exception. It introduced a new mechanic, which was super fun. I kind of wish they would bring it back, uh, but it's, it stands alone. It's, it's a great game. I'm talking, of course, about Mario Kart Double Dash, <laughs> which needs to be on this list. Um, of all the Mario Kart, that's honestly the one that I've played the least. Um, I've played Mario Kart 8 on the Switch way more than Mario Kart Double Dash. I played Mario Kart DS, Mario Kart 7, way more than Mario Kart Double Dash. 64. Yeah, but Double Dash is undoubtedly a fun time, and uh, I have very fond memories of playing it. Um, like, I think at like our friend Jacob's house, and just having fights and arguments over <laughs> blue shells and all this other stuff. Uh, so it's super fun game. Really cool design. Uh, the the piggybacking mechanic was was really funny. Uh, and overall, it was just it's Mario Kart. How can you not have Mario Kart when it's available? It's one of those games, like you said, Joe, that you can just pick up, play, drop off, or you can really go all in depth and know all the shortcuts and get all the purple mm -hmm. sparks and everything you need and drift through the entire uh, map. And it's just enjoyable if you just play it and then set it down. So, yeah. I, I couldn't live with myself if Mario Kart wasn't on this one. You guys have any memories of it? Nah, that's the one I played the least. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't play this one that much. Uh, maybe a few times, but I usually play Mario Kart mostly with my brother. And this was the time that I think he was either in college or in California. And mm. so we never really got that, that into this one. Mm. Adrian, you probably played this one in college, though. I... No, not really. Really? Um, every time it would be, uh, my roommate would play it, it would be with a girl, so that meant I had to leave the premises. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you should have told him, there is four controller ports, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the Your fourth college experience round. might have been a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I studied computer science. <laughs> um, all right, that's the fourth round. Going into the last round. Joseph, you have one bit. Yep. <laughs> Adrian, I'm gonna make it count. Adrian 40 and I have 540. Uh so let's let's get into it. Uh Joe, what is your last pick to close out your five game collection? So I don't actually have to reach to my scrap heap yet, even though I'm pretty sure that this one might get snaked from me. Um if not, it's gonna be the bargain of this, but is pretty influential game from this generation with my one most valuable remaining bit I'm gonna bid for Beyond Good and Evil. Whoa, for one bit. There's been a sequel for Beyond Good and like a, a sequel planned for Beyond Good and Evil almost as long as Half-Life 3 has been planned. <laughs> no, it's only been planned for five years. But hey, Netflix <laughs> is doing a series about it. Maybe they'll get some more money to do it after it gets canceled after two two episodes. You'd be surprised. I mean, Beyond Good and Evil features a uh, journalist, does it not? <laughs> it would be super popular right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Adrian, are you going to get in on this? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting in on it either because I already have my number one pick. So yeah, I figured everybody's gotta. Beyond Good and Evil is yours. Uh, All right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. That's yeah. I feel like this is the bargain of the the generation. It's such an influential pick. Everybody from Cliffy B to Ken Levine has uh, stated this as a big influence in their creation. Um, 
I honestly have not played the whole thing. I've played the remake maybe halfway through, but in the spirit of redemptions and um, mileage for my games, I feel like I, this one is a good pick, especially for one bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get, I'd get to make the redemption of not playing it before and giving it the proper valuation that I had before. And I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a pretty long game, if I'm not mistaken, because I never got through it. And I think I put a good couple hours in it when it was on Xbox. Yeah, it's a solid game. It has it has really good storytelling. Yeah. Um, really good world building. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been a sequel. Uh, but yeah, overall, it has, a for the era, a female protagonist that's not, you know, sexy or like naked or walking around strutting like my girl in product number three and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was, it was pretty advanced. Also Ubisoft. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. Ubisoft Montreal, but it was Ubisoft. That's what I'm, I'm telling you. It was a great year for Ubisoft. They could have been something special. They could have been a contender, but, um, <laughs> but they, they kind of ruined it, but great pick Joe. I agree. This may be the bargain of the, of the draft, but I, I don't know. I could also get away with mine for one yeah. bit. And it would be just cool. as good a bargain. So you'll you'll, you'll see. Uh, so, Adrian, take us to your final pick. Hmm. I just realized that uh, the one game that I was saving myself for um, came out the year prior on PS2 and <laughs> Xbox, and I had seen just the GameCube. So stupid GameCube for getting everything so late. Hey man, you have some much more Came complex architecture. Year. It's it's a really <laughs> that dolphin uh, flipper processor. It's a it's a beast. Man. Uh, so this changes my calculus a little bit. Um, a couple of games to think to go over. If if you don't mind me, um, actually talking about them out before I make my pick. There's Ars Fatalis. Mm. The uh, uh, immersive sim from Arcane. Mm. Tony Hawk Ooh. Underground. Tony Hawk Underground. There's <laughs> Enter the Matrix. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Uh, Max Payne 2 I remember having a good time with. Uh, Manhunt made me feel gross and icky. <laughs> as a, my mom would say, que feo. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with a game that is is has no right being as good as it is or or was when it came out um it's the license game uh and it's simpsons hit and run (laughs) (laughs) okay uh simpsons hit and run uh for all my bits 40 (laughs) it's interesting that you have both vice city and the superior open world <laughs> game, Simpsons Hit and Run. <laughs> Is it open world? Yeah, yeah it's an open world Springfield. It's awesome. Uh, and needing to hightail it from the nuclear plant to to your house and then go to the school. Uh, it was uh, to to think that gta 3 had come out two years prior (laughs) and they the the studio took a look at that game and found a license was able to build their assets and create a a world out of it is 
shocking. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being uh, like it felt like GTA. It was GTA in in the Simpsons universe, and I don't know if I uh, if I made this memory up, but I remember you could drive the car that Homer designed uh, yeah. on his yeah. brother's car company. Yeah, <laughs> which was, was a highlight for me. It was a pretty. It was a. It was an entertaining game. I'm watching footage now. I don't know that anybody ever told me it's GTA Simpsons, or else I would have played the hell out of this game. <laughs> Yeah, it's an entertaining game, uh, but yeah, it's yours, Adrian, and uh, it's a solid collection. Yeah. Uh, it was also no, no, no. I'm I'm confusing it with Cell Damage, but no, it was it was a very entertaining game. I rented it, and I c- considered buying it, um, but I couldn't. There was too many other games that I wanted to get at the time. But solid, solid pick. All right, so I'm the last one, and like Adrian, I feel like there's a lot left on the board. Ah, <sighs> Joe, I'm surprised you didn't draft Beautiful Joe, which is really I this was year. thinking about it. Um, yeah, I probably should have. I figured you'd probably raise the price on that one too much. Though. It's going to have the Capcom 5, man. I should have taken <laughs> that. If I had it to do again, I'd probably take that over SSX or Doug over SSX. Mm. There's a lot. There's I looked a lot. Uh, Two of, down my list too quick. There's a lot of good platforms released this year. I don't know if you guys remember Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Metal Arms Glitch in the System and Midway's Vex were all released Metal this year. Arms. Fantastic games. The sequel to Virtual On, Virtual On Mars, was released on the PS2 also. And Adrian, I'm surprised you didn't go for Tao of Feng, Fist of the Lotus. Oh, no, no. That only looks good <laughs> on... Uh, on the pages of EGM and GamePro. <laughs> but um, once a game comes out, you can tell, oh, this one's a stinker. There is um, there's another game on here that I kind of wanted to bring up maybe, and that is Otogi Myth of the Demons. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah. That's like the proto Dark Souls. Um, it's from software, published by Sega on the Xbox. Um but there's War of the Monsters, which is a great game. No, I have to go with my heart. And this is a game that I played. And in, uh, if I were to tell you how many hours I put into this game, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't show, it wouldn't reflect well on my mental health. Um, uh, that's all I'll say, because this, as this was a game that I was devoted to. And if you know me, you're not really surprised when I say this game, if you've heard of it. Uh, because I don't think many people have, but it is truly a fantastic gaming experience. It has everything I'm looking for in a game of this type. To this day, I have fond memories of it, and I wish there was a port for it onto PC or something like that. I'm referring, of course, to the standout airplane title of 2003, Secret Weapons Over Normandy. Uh, released for the PS2 and the Xbox. I had it over for the PS2. And it is a flying game set in World War II. And you fly the best. You fly a P-51 Mustang. You fly a Japanese Zero. You fly a BF-109 from the Nazis. You fly all the greats. And you also fly experimental airplanes like the Flying Pancake, um, the ME-262 Jet Fighter, uh, all over iconic World War II battles. It is a fantastic game. Uh, And because it deserves it, I will go all in 
and give it 540 bits <laughs> to close out <laughs> and reflect my love for this game that is really please tell me you guys have heard of this game i've heard of it but i've never <laughs> played it it's, it doesn't surprise me that in a year that we didn't have ace combat you chose this game <laughs> yeah it's a really fun game. It's actually really, really fun. Uh, I'm pulling up footage now. I don't think that I've ever seen any. It looks okay. It's, uh, you know, unlike Ace Combat, it's not jets. So it's um, it's propeller-driven airplanes. I mean, it looks like it has some Star Wars content in it. There is a trench. Oh, I thought, yeah, I think there is a cheat code for it. What? Uh, some X-Wing TIE Fighter stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it? Uh, you could get a fat head. Yeah, you could get an X-Wing and a TIE Fighter. I remember that now. Uh, but you got to beat the whole freaking game. Uh, and then you could put a, an X-Wing in there. Was but, this on GameCube? No, it was only PS2 and Xbox. And this is one of those games where I made custom cover art for it <laughs> and printed it. <laughs> and oh, have boy. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right up there with Twin Snakes in the pantheon of custom art for my video game case i mean yeah it makes sense because it was a lucasarts game right yeah, yeah 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 it was published by lucasarts i think developed by some small studio totally game yeah there you go. <laughs> i think that was their highest rated game ever it's a really really good game i mean they um, did a, a ton of yeah they did star wars tie fighter and x-wing yeah that's so they had the assets from yeah. yeah yeah see there's the pedigree there it's a and like buzz lightyear astro blasters <laughs> Hey, I play that game a lot. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that closes out. There's still a lot of games on my list. Uh, do you guys have a lot of games left over also? I'm on my scrap heap. I only have Time Crisis 3 and Dot Hack Infection on mine. Dot, Dot Hack was, was the one good. that I was saying nobody wanted that I was going to go with. But <laughs> for mileage, too, because that game is so long. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad I got Beyond Good and Evil instead. <laughs> I'm, I was torn between Mario Kart and Zone of the Enders, the second runner, Ooh, yeah. which is a great game. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Orda also came out. I thought the, that would be in this draft for the sure. Revival. War of the Monsters, again, was like a monster brawler. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King was actually a really good game. Mm -hmm. Two Towers was the better one. That was yeah. why I didn't bid on this one. I'll give you that. And then the GameCube had F-Zero. Warrior World was really good. I almost picked Piano 3 just to be a douche. Um, <laughs> Billy Hatcher I was out. I think I ever played F-Zero on the GameCube. F-Zero was so good on the GameCube. And I'm, I'm, I think if, if, another per, if another person in our social circle would have been in this draft, you know, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach of Volleyball would have gone out <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, that was released this year. And I found an old review on Play Magazine that had this blurb on, on one of the pages. It said, I never thought watching could be so engulfing. These <laughs> models are truly extraordinary. The breasts are wonderful, along with the shoulder, thighs, faces, of course. But do you have any idea how difficult it is to model armpits? They are perfection, end quote. <laughs> Those are the immortal oh words of Dave God. Halverson on Play Magazine. Uh, that just, was printed. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a pervious of all video game magazines. Wow. And I'm holding it in my hand. There is. <laughs> so keep in mind, in this issue, there's also the Wind Waker review. Okay? So Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball has one, two, three, four, five pages devoted to it. 
which is exactly the same as Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. <laughs> so, actually, no, Legend of Zelda is only four pages. Yeah, it's so be one less. more page. There's no way it was last. That's amazing. Uh, so, I'm yeah, glad that, it went number one overall then. I came out of Adrian, uh, what games were left over on your list? Uh, I kind of went over them beforehand, but yeah. like Max Payne 2's Silent Hill, yeah. Enter the Matrix, etc. All right. Which so, Silent Hill was this one again? Three? Three. Okay. Yeah, the one with the flashlight girl. That's all I remember. <laughs> so that's it. Um, Joseph, talk to us about your collection. How do you feel about it? You got Wind Waker, NB Street Volume 2, Need for Speed Underground, SSX3, and Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, I'm surprised it actually rounded out as well as it did. I've, SSX3 <laughs> is my one week pick, but I got, like I said, mileage, and uh, Wind Waker is really what I came for. Mm. If I could get Kotar, that would have been awesome, but... Nah, Wind Waker is, was the prize for me. You know, you got both NFL Street and NBA Street. So yeah. uh, you're, you're the EA big guy. Um, <laughs> and that's the 6 Yeah, there you six, go. Three. Um, Adrian, how do you feel about your games? You got Knights of the Old Republic, Vice City, Soul Calibur 2, Splinter Cell, and Simpsons Hit and Run. <laughs> I think I have a great list, both of having people over to play stuff but also when they leave to sit down and play solo, I have good stuff to play uh, with uh, a little brother. And, and it's something good when the lights go out and everybody else is asleep. Talk about Ivy. <laughs> uh, I'm only mainly thinking of like uh, the, the crime stuff in Vice City oh, okay. <laughs> versus uh, playing hit and run with uh, some smaller cousins. Uh, solid, solid points. I got Amplitude, Ikaruga, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Mario Kart Double Dash, and the standout title Secret Weapons over Normandy. Very I'm very happy. Tracked. I'm very, very happy with mine. I got a, a solid mix, but I'm surprised at the amount of multiplayer that I have on here because uh, three out of the five are solid multiplayer titles because um, Amplitude, you could also do multiplayer. Ikaruga is multiplayer and Mario Kart is the multiplayer game uh, ever, like the standard, I think, uh, up until like Wii, the Wii came in with Wii Sports. But yeah, I, I really like it. I'm surprised that there is only one GameCube exclusive. Well, Ikaruga, I guess, kind of counts as a GameCube exclusive. But um, yeah, I'm happy. Um, so I'm surprised that 2003, how many games were left over, to be honest. I didn't expect it to be that good, but I'm kind of sad that Wind Waker isn't on here, but I can live with it. The prequel to our frequency showdown is, <laughs> is worth it for this episode. All right, so that's it for this draft. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Give us your hot takes. Um, if you've played Secret Weapons over Normandy and uh, you want to be my friend, uh, please reach out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Adrian and Joseph, uh, for playing along with this. And we'll be back for the 2002 draft. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.